Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's August 3rd, 2018. You're listening to the best poker cast on the internet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm an exhausted Scott Long. You can't be exhausted. you got to head back out again. I know, I know. I only got, uh, I got less than two weeks here to get my uh, mojo back here. But. <laughs> mojo. Uh, I just tell you, we talk about this all the time, but getting old sucks. It does, man. It is just, I mean, you, and my mind is still 25 years old, but my body is 75 years old. <laughs> just dragging it along with me. Come on, we got stuff to do. Yeah, it's no, I want to go to sleep. But, uh, yeah, that was a long trip. Uh, you know, I've, I've done longer trips. It was 24 nights, I think, something like that. Um you know, not all of it work, but and, and actually, to be honest, very little of it's work. <laughs> Thunder Valley, I'm having yeah, a good time. Yeah. We're playing with friends out there, but tough time, a long time to be away from home. And then, uh, then I got home, and then uh, usually I'm like up early in the morning. And then my wife's been waking me up on the way to work. She's like, "Get up! <laughs> <laughs> we got an appointment at the bank." And I'm like, "What time is it?" I'm like, "Oh my god, is that sun? <laughs> How did I miss the sun coming up?" Wow. But yeah, just uh, just kind of exhausted. So, and I could get the body back in shape. I didn't do much walking when I was out there. And, but you know, we just don't bounce back the way we used to. No, nope, definitely not. No, what I noticed too is like uh, I'll work in the yard or something, or I'll work on my car or something, whatever I'm doing. And I'll be like, oh, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, and I'm not really sore. But then the next day, I'm sore. <laughs> it's like I'm so old. That my body, it's like, you know, the brontosaurus or whatever the hell that brachiosaurus, whatever it was, where it would it, they get hit in the tail and it would take 20 minutes before his brain would feel it because you know, he was so big. It's like we're so old, it takes the pain that long to gather up enough steam to the say, oh, by the is, way, you're in pain. The pain has lost a step, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, it sucks being old. Yeah, you kids out there, don't get old. Yeah. Choose, choose youth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, anyhow, I just got back from the Antioch World Championship at Thunder Valley Casino Resort near Sacramento, California. Phenomenal event, as we said, the last two weeks on the show. It's crazy. This thing lasted uh, four weekends, so uh, we've been talking about it a lot. But um, uh, it ended uh, with some fantastic stories, so I'll kind of run through them here, and then we can go back and talk about the ones you want to talk about. Okay. Um, uh, the main event, uh, quote-unquote, ended in a four-way ICM deal. Um and then they played it out um, for an extra 11000 uh, and the cover and the championship. And uh, so the champion, Imad Laham, uh, love this story. He couldn't find a hotel room nearby after he advanced on day 1B Saturday. So he said, all right, whatever. He stayed up all night playing poker, Chris. Oh, man. I think he ended up taking like a two-hour nap in his car, came back for day two of the events, which went all the way till like 2 a.m., and won it. Wow. <laughs> when he got done, he's like, yeah, I've been up for 48 hours. And he said, oh, matter of fact, like, he didn't look tired. His eyes weren't bloodshot. And, uh, you know, eventually it took us another hour and a half, I think, to get to get him paid out and get the photos done and all that and the interviews and everything like that. And at that point, he, he, he started saying, all right, I think I'm tired now. <laughs> <laughs> but he never looked tired. He was all smiling with the trophy and everything. But I'm like, that is incredible. This is not a young guy, right? This mm-hmm. is a guy, his daughter's going off to college next year. So not an old guy either, but, uh, but you know, here we are. We started the show by whining about how old we are. <laughs> and this guy, who's older than us, so, you know, for pretty much 40 40, not only staying 48 hours playing poker, but playing in a main event, both the day 1B and then the day 2, and winning the thing. Man. Mind-boggling. It is. My, mine's me of that time we interviewed uh, Barry Greenstein, and we're like, uh, well, are we calling you too early? He's like, I've been playing all night. I'm like, what? Straight through. How do you do it? I did it once. I think you and I did it once together. I think we did it at the Orleans, one of our Vegas trips. 
where we saw the sun come up. We're like, holy cow, we played it like 10.30 in the morning, straight yeah, through. Yeah. But we were way younger then. I was like, 10 years ago. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I asked him about this, and he's like, you know, hey, when I'm in, when I'm playing poker, I'm in the zone. I just, uh, it's all I'm focused on. I'm not worried about anything else. You know, he doesn't have headphones in. You know, he's not checking this phone for updates he's like I'm, I'm just playing poker and um and he made it very he's, he's very successful in business so he, he made clear that you know the money is nice but it's not why he's playing it and he actually had a couple good quotes in the article too about you know um you know if you divorce yourself from the money part of poker poker is so much more fun because now you're just playing poker for the love of the game right yeah. and so so that makes it easy to, to stay focused on it. And, um, you know, it is kind of easy. You know, there's times that I'll get down to the session. I don't play as much anymore anyhow, but I played a lot of cash when I um, either on the cruise ships or at these tour events. And, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've been playing five hours. It seems like an hour, right? So yeah. you do get locked in. It, it does – time does fly a little bit. But, whew, 48 hours, I, I, I don't know. It, it's funny because they're playing heads up. You know, we'll talk about the runner-up in a minute. That's an amazing story too. Uh, the guy who was running her up was at when they're playing heads up. He's like, he he tried to work out another deal at the end, end when they were heads up, and he's like, I'm tired. I know you got to be tired. And at the time, I didn't know what he meant by that, and now I know um, after after it ended. But um, just an exhausting <laughs> day yeah. going forward. And it's funny too because we kind of you know uh, you know Dan Ross, our, our um, ambassador, who also does Hold'em Radio and um, does all the blogging for Thunder Valley out there for that. And then um, you know all the tournament staff. We all sit there. We're like, we know every year how it worked out the year before. So we're like, okay, well they're, they're, they were two hours ahead at one point. You know, I think um, at the dinner break, I think they were much closer to the the redraw than they were before or like that. And then and then all of a sudden they got the final table and. <laughs> It slowed down again. Jeez. It caught back up, and you know, kind of the standard is that it hits the final table about eleven thirty or midnight, and then it's all over at two a.m. That's kind of what we count on, and that's what it ended up working out. But at that point, you know, I was tired. I had to go up like a couple times during the final table and just clean my contacts and come back down. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I've been up for seven hours. <laughs> this guy's been up for forty eight. So, man, congrats to him. But he was yeah. very excited, and he's getting a lot of love on our Facebook page. He's got a lot of friends and family that were very excited about it he's going to give all the money to his wife um as long as she lets him keep playing so <laughs> we've obliterated my wife talks now you know <laughs> can't go to my wife and give her 10 percent now and this guy's giving her everything but uh but super nice guy so very very happy uh for for i'm and uh, uh he i hope he he's we talked to him about maybe coming over to our Vino event which we'll talk about a little bit later here in a couple weeks but hope to see him again but uh, certainly a good champion cool now, the runner-up, as we mentioned, another great story is Michael Monahan. Uh, he won one of our Pearl River and the uh, Poker Tour events. Um, and, you know, so he showed up uh, on Thursday morning for the Heads Up event, and I saw him and said hey to him. And then I was talking to some people later. He booked his ticket, I believe, on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, no way. You know, so he won the entry, but, you know, the entry includes a hotel, but doesn't include, obviously, airfare and that. So, you know, um, he wasn't sure whether he was coming out. He had some um, family issues he was working through. But then uh, one of the previous Pearl River uh, winners um, who came out uh, last year, I think it was, uh, and had a fantastic time, talked to me. He's like, man, you got to go to this event. You're going to love it. And he's like, oh, okay, all right. So he books the ticket last minute, comes out, busts the heads up event. Uh, gets in day one. I bust his um, the the entry that he won at Pearl River. Mm-hmm. Then was deciding whether to go home or not, and then saw that they had a three hundred sixty five dollars satellite to get into day one B. Jumped in that, won that, and then uh, he ended up in the in the ICM deal, getting the most money, one hundred and seven thousand dollars, actually more than that, and. Um, and then ended up losing the heads up, but that was a really competitive heads up. I think they were just tired, and they both got it in and um, just to get it over with. But that would have been another eleven thousand on top of that. But he's certainly happy that he um, uh, made two good last minute decisions: one, one to book the airfare to come out, and one to jump back on that satellite. But what an incredible story there, right? I'm trying to think: would he be the first repeat cover for us? I mean, we've had like Grinder on the in cover before and stuff, but I mean, as far as earning and winning a title, a AUPT title. It, would he be the first one that's ever won two titles on their cover? Um, I think maybe Michael Loncar at Thunder Valley won two events, I think. I could be wrong. Was, but, he, uh, was he on the cover twice? I can't remember. Once, once he might have uh, been player of the year. Right. 
or yeah, something. Yeah, one but... was the, the regional event before we made them all championship events. Yeah. yeah, it might have been the second one to win his way on the cover. So. I tell you, when people like Michael play, that's when I can just totally tell people who think it's gambling or poker is luck. And I go, you know, just stick that luck, you know. I mean, look at this. This guy is just phenomenal. I mean, it's unbelievable how the same players, you know, continue to have these successes. It's because they're so good at the game. They're not just incredibly lucky, like Mike McDermott would say on, you know, on the rounders where, you know, they're not the luckiest people in the world. They're making the final tables all the time. This guy is just a phenomenal player. And it's such a tough way to make an easy living. You know what I mean? These stories you're telling, it's unbelievable. Oh, unreal, but he's really talented as kid. Unbelievable. Well, and what you just said was a great segue into the next part, because this final table might have been the most talented final table we've ever had in any uh, event ever, I think. Um, you know, online phenom and poker author John Pearl Jam Turner was there. He finished fourth. Um, uh, actually, well, he was fourth in the ICM. I don't know if he went out fourth or third, but um, uh, previous Antioch Worlds champion Gusto Avalos with the final table. He is now made it uh cashed four times been at the final table four times in the end of worlds i think one and one finished finished runner-up he finished i think fifth this year and i think he's got a seventh before too so that's amazingly consistent right wow um ying vang who's finished 12th or better four times in the event too and uh three of those times for final tables and then Brendan Eisen, who has more than a quarter million dollars in live tournament earnings. That was that. That's your final table plus a couple other folks and uh, Michael Bonahan and uh, and Iman who won it. So it, it was a fun final table to watch, seeing that much talent at the table. But one of the things about John Turner is, depending on when you knew him, is his nickname changes because he used to be Pearl Jammer. Yeah, that's what I thought, right? And now he's Pearl Jammed. He used to be, I mean, maybe in a couple of years he'll be Pearl Jam, J-A-M-B, like the door jam. I don't know if he, his name has to evolve over time, but it's pretty funny that he was Pearl Jammer and now he's Pearl Jammed. Well, it's funny that you say that because uh, once I realized he was in the field and doing well, that, and I, I think I, I was getting ready to tweet out, and um, I, I, I called him Pearl Jammer in the tweet, but then it wasn't picking up on his uh, Twitter handle, right? So then yeah. I had I'm like, oh, Pearl Jam. Oh, gosh. Have I been calling the wrong thing forever? But <laughs> I guess I didn't know. No, he so, went by both. Yeah. yeah I he wrote honest. a really good book, too. Right? He co- collaborated on a really good book back in the day, and, and uh, I read that some of the stuff. He, I think he was one of the ones that um, he really uh, got me into the stop and go. I think I think it might have been him. You know, how how do you utilize the stop and go play and all that? He just, he's just brilliant, too. And uh, just... Man, I'm so I'm so happy to see all these these great players and big names now too. Just coming to all our events, it's it's just very very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun to watch. So uh, a couple other stories. Uh, Al Lopez was the player of the series winner with seven caches, two final tables. Um, for that achievement, he won a main event seat, um, plus a main event seat in this month's Any Poker Tour Series at Atlantis Casino Resort and Spa in Reno, Nevada, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Um, and then second and third got um, a resort credits as well, too. So that was a high, hotly contested player of the series. It was awesome. Um, I, I wish I would have had more to talk about my play, but <laughs> I hit the high water mark on last week's show. So uh, as folks could probably tell, uh, as tired as I was recording the show last week, I had a little much too much fun on Wednesday night last uh, last week. And uh, showed up for the. Uh, actually, I missed the draw for the heads up event. I, I got confused on the timing. Showed up and they had the draw done. I'm like, what? And then they're like, hey, Scott, you made it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, trust me, I was up doing the podcast this morning, so don't think that I stuck through on this. <laughs> um, so I sat down. Admittedly, was it in the best condition to play heads up, which you need to be in your top condition, right? But yeah. not, that, nonetheless, I still lasted two and a half hours in the match. Had my opponent all in um, with Ace Jack. He had Ace King and survived, and then uh, built a stack back up, and eventually knocked me out. I, in, in the number of years I played this um, this event, which I think it's four or five now, I don't think I've ever had a tougher match against anybody than um, than Jorge Lopez. And uh, for the second year in a row, the guy that knocked me out went on to win the whole thing. So Jorge ran the table, won the whole thing this year. Uh, last year, the guy that knocked me out in the final eight went to win it too, and I want to say there's a third here that uh, the person knocked me out won, but I didn't go back to double check that. But anyhow, so 
So essentially, if you see my name on the bracket draw next year, you're guaranteed to win. If you beat him. Well, that's true. Yeah. you got to beat you first to do it. <laughs> so it, it, this is your sort of kind of passive way of bragging, right? <laughs> It's like it's like it took yeah. the winner to knock me out two years in a row. <laughs> hey, when you're knocked out in the first round, you got to grasp at every straw. <laughs> oh man, that's cool though. It's it's interesting that the guy who beats you wins it all. That's crazy. He, he was very difficult. So you know, I have, I have a deliberate strategy playing heads up that I've used the last couple of years. And last year it worked very well. You know, I, I made one stupid mistake in the final eight, or I would have been in the final four. Um, uh, so I kind of like the style I play. It's actually been working. Um, this guy obliterated it from the beginning. You know, he just shut me down on my raises, and to the point where I started, I switched uh, to, to try to play more his style, and I was more passive. I, I quit raising after like the third level, um, and trying to trap more. Um, and I don't know whether. I don't know if it was good or bad. Obviously, I ended up losing, but like I said, I had him down to. 4,000 in chips, I think, at one point. We started at 20, um, and then, you know, I, I tried to finish him off with a big body blow there with the ace-jack, and he turns a race-king and, and doubles up, and then we're even again, and then we go back to work. So that's the tough thing about heads up, but um, he was very, very slow in his decision-making, too, and I'm very fast in my decision-making. So um, I think we could certainly say he threw me off my game more than I threw him off his. Um, but that's the thing with heads up. You got to adjust, and then after you win, then you get a whole new player, and you got to completely adjust to the new player. So yep. it's always really difficult. So I get a lot of respect to, you know, like Bonomo, who just won the the World Series heads up. Um, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's the hardest tournament to win, I think. But, Absolutely, because you you play every hand, and yeah. it's just somebody can figure you out pretty quick if you're not you're not adaptable. You you're out. So yeah. It's and it's interesting that you had him all in for his life. You were behind, but you still had him all in. And had you spiked the jack, maybe you do win the whole thing. Yeah, who knows? You never right? know. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it is what it is. But it's also the first year that not only did we sell out it um, with sixty-four people, but five people got shut out that showed up late that had played before. But um, so next year, you know, don't wait to the last minute, folks. <laughs> you can sign up as soon as the registration opens on day one of the yeah. series. So yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, to remind everybody, we'll be back next July for both the NDF NorCal Classic and the NTF World Championship, which will be even bigger and better next year. You know, Ben Irwin's going to keep pushing the envelope here. The final um, uh, main event this year, the guarantee was 500000 again, and we settled right under seven forty in the prize pool. So That's awesome. Six people. So awesome. Get bigger and better every year. Um, all right, and then we have just a quick break, as Chris said, before our next Andy Poker Tour event, which will be Atlantis Casino Resort Spa in Reno, Nevada, August 16th to the 26th. I'll be on site for the entire series there, so come out and say hi. And all the details can be found at antiupmagazine.com slash Atlantis. But uh, here are some of the highlights. 18 events on the schedule with $350,000 in guaranteed prize money, including some interesting ones. Uh, a Western Senior Poker Series Seniors event. A Battle of the Ages event, a Casino Employee event, Six Max, Survivor, Bounty, and an eight-game mix, which we'll talk about a little bit more here a little bit later. Uh, main event has two flights on August 25th and finishes up on August 26th. Winner gets on the cover of the October cover of Anti-Up Magazine and a seat in the 2019 Anti-Up World Championship main event back at Thunder Valley. Um, if you guys haven't been to Atlantis Casino Resort uh, Spa, you're going to love it out there. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, some of the best food in the area. Um, the tournament area is in this uh, kind of convention center with these floor-to-ceiling uh, glass walls looking over the Sierra Nevada mountains. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's really a really uh, a good place to stay, and it's going to be an interesting place to play. I'm looking forward to playing there and, and being able to gaze at mountains rather than gaze at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, discounted room rates are available by using the code MANTI18. Uh, and if you pre-register for the main event by August 15th, you'll get a free hotel room. Um, all that stuff, again, is listed at antiamagazine.com slash Atlantis. And uh, all right, so I want to talk a little bit about this. So I was talking to the poker room manager, Keith Ames. He came over to Thunder Valley the last night, and um, I told him, hey, I'm excited about your eight-game mix because that's I used to miss that on PokerStars. I don't miss a lot about online poker now anymore. I've kind of transitioned my life, right? But but I do miss being able to play those kind of games, and I used to jump in those eight-game mix. Um, 
And I can't remember. It wasn't even sit and goes I played. They used to have like a, a nightly tournament where it got like four tables or something. And I used to play that and loved that, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, obviously haven't been able to play it since then. So I was glad he put it on the schedule. And he's like, well, I'm glad you're excited about it, Scott. But you might want to check the structure sheet to see what eight games we use. It's a little different than you might think. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? So I called up and started talking to him about it. And I'm like, wow, I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> I would have been in trouble sitting at the table. Uh, not realizing what eight games there are and not knowing what some of these are. So uh, I think it might be fun to talk about some of these because I've, I've started since he talked to me about this, thinking about the strategy, and I'm probably going to have to like play some practice hands at home to kind of figure out the real strategy here. But here are the eight games and the eight game mix at the uh, Annie Poker Tour at Reno. Uh, Omaha 8, PLO, Pot Limit Deuce to 7, Pot Limit 5 card draw, Pot Limit Badoogie. Okay, those are all fairly standard, right? Yeah. Now we get into Drama Hall, <laughs> and this is a split pot game with half the pot going to the best Omaha hand and the other half going to the best five-card draw hand, and there is one draw during it, so you have to decide, you know, which which pot you're going for, right? Um, obviously, you're trying to scoop, but that's, that's to be interesting to see how difficult that is. Um, another game is Badesi, which of course I know, but I haven't played before, but that's a split pot game with one half going to the best Badookie hand and the other half going to the best ace-to-five lowball hand. And then Tahoe Pitch and Roll. This is seven-card stud. You get four cards to start. You discard one and roll your own up card. I've never played a roll your own before, too, so I'm looking forward to this. And I love the the pitching part. is probably kind of more of a novelty, right? It's going to be pretty easy to decide which card to, to pitch, I would think. You get um, four clubs. You're not happy. Well, that's true, but you throw with the smallest one, right? No, so, I know. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's going to suck sometimes. But, yeah, you never played roll your own ever, like in a home game? No, I've never played Roll Your Own. So yeah, I I've always heard people talk about it, but I've never actually played it. So, I mean, obviously, I, I, well, I, I don't want to minimize the strategy because there is some strategy because, you know, if you roll your smallest one up, then, then you become the bring-in and, um, you know, you bring the uh, highest one up and you act first. There's all kinds of things to consider in that, I guess. But yeah. uh, I, I think that'll come pretty easy when I see it. Um, Drama Hall, I think, is going to be the most difficult game for me. Yeah, because you gotta. Yeah, I, I there's there's obviously a way that you can scoop. It's just going to be difficult. You're hoping that like you've got like a flush in in your hand and two of the cards in your hand come on the flop or something. You know, what I mean, it's going to be one of those things where you're hoping that or you make you know two pair in your hand, but the two pair in your hand make a boat on the. You know, it's going to be tough to scoop, but um, very interesting. Uh, we've never done that. We've we've talked about drama before. But I don't know if we've ever played it in the home game. I I can't remember us playing it if we have, but yeah, I uh, can't remember it. And I wish you had time to schedule a home game here before I went out there because <laughs> I'd like to try some of this stuff. Uh, they, they get they get used to it, but um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. And then it's uh, and I I've only played Ace to Five low ball once uh, out in California. I think I usually play Deuce to Seven when I play low ball. So. Um, which I think is a little easier. I think they get rid of the flushes and the straights um, in terms of Badoogie, so that helps your Badoogie hand a little bit because um, otherwise the game would not be very exciting if you know, you're know you throwing away flushes and straights to try to get your best yeah. ace-to-five ball hand. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting. And then, you know, um, and, and we got a uh, listener spotlight here later. We'll talk about some of these games. But, um, you know, you get a lot of pot limit games here. Yeah, that's... Uh... Those games could be kind of dangerous, and then you know, so you got to figure out which games to commit your chips to. Yeah, that is not the eight game mix we're used to. That's for sure. <laughs> it's certainly gonna be fun, though. So yeah. uh, come out if you're anywhere near Reno. Come out and say hi to us. Uh, come and play that game because you know I'll be in there, and uh, you know, bring a bottle of uh, Tylenol for us all. <laughs> Any updates? Of course, we have six more uh, Antioch Poker Tour stops, five opportunities to play your way on the cover, Antioch Magazine, and more to be announced soon. Uh, here's where we're going next. Of course, Scott was just talking about the Atlantis uh, event, and it's August 16th to the 26th. But then we have the Deep Stack Series at the Venetian Las Vegas, September 3rd to the 23rd. Pearl River Poker Open at the Pearl River Resort in Choctaw, Mississippi, October 25th and November 4th. Vikiva Hotel and Casino near Phoenix, March 25th to the 31st, 2019. Antioch World Championship, Antioch NorCal Classic at Thunder Valley Casino Resort, July 2019. And the Wild Horse Pass Hotel and Casino, November 11th to the 16th. So, some new names in there for you, too, and uh, very exciting stuff. Of course, Wild Horse is also uh, in uh, Arizona. So, 
Um, and our 2019 Antioch Poker Cruise schedule includes a 16-night Panama Canal crossing, an 8-night Southern Caribbean adventure, and two shorter weekend cruises. Also, don't forget our upcoming Tampa sailing October 29th to Mexico and Key West. You better do it soon because we're giving back to cabins like in the next week or so. So if you're going to go, you better book it soon. Uh, passengers on all sailings get a one-month membership to advanced poker training and a quick reference poker odds card from thegamblingschool.com. More information, visit AnnieUpCruises.com. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us at podcast at AnnieUpMagazine.com, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. Ed Rindler in the house again. So I got invited to a 12-game mix in November. It looks exciting to play. I will probably be the fish in this game since I have never played a couple of games and rarely play others. Do you have any advice of how to play a 12-game mix for someone who never has? The games are uh, Badoogie, Deuce to 7, Triple Draw, Hold'em, Omaha 8, Raz, 7-card stud, 7-card 8, you know, 8, obviously, stud 8, uh, No Limit 5-card stud, Deuce to 7, Single Draw, 5-card draw, Texas Hold'em, which you already said, uh, and PLO. So there's a game in there we're mixing. Maybe one of them. <laughs> Either that or he's got 13 games. Yeah, something's going on there and PLO. So maybe the Texas Hold'em is pot limit Hold'em somewhere or something. But um, he says, I've never really played spl- split pot games, five-card stud, or deuce of seven single draw. Any specific advice for those games? Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's see. The first <laughs> thing you should do is, if you don't understand the game, is really really play it tight because the other games coming soon i mean seriously if they're playing 12 games how long are you playing poker for six hours maybe i mean we have dealer's choice when we play and we maybe get to call three games in six hours on our own maybe four for lucky so you're not going to play it for that long so the first thing i would do with overall strategy is to really really jam on the games you know how to play and to be super tight on the ones you don't and by super tight, you have to have a strategy going in. So, uh, five card stud. A lot of our strategy is if you have the highest card showing, you probably have the best hand at that moment. So you might want to push it at that moment. And then a lot of people will fold. If you got a king showing and everyone has, you know, rags, and you make a raise, they're probably going to fold, and you can move on to the next hand. If they don't fold, they might have an ace underneath, so they think they have a better hand than you, and they might push it, but. One of those games, one of those hands is going to get out of the way, and then you're going to be heads up with someone, and then you keep the pressure on. Most of the time, they'll get out of the way, and if they're not getting out of the way, they're either bluffing, you know what I mean, or they have a hand. So it's up to you to determine what their tells are and stuff in that. But for the most part, a lot of times that game it goes, you know, fold, 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 raise, you know, and then the, the bring in folds, and that's it. It's over. So uh, I don't know. I mean, you could watch uh, the Cincinnati Kid if you want some tips on that. I think. Uh, yeah, that's what I told him. <laughs> I didn't want to watch that because one, it's a great movie, and two, uh, that you're going to see five card stuff played. Yeah, and the hands you see in uh, the movie are not going to happen in your game, so don't worry about it. Because <laughs> it's Hollywood. Um, it split pot games. I mean, I, he's never played split pot games, so um, in Stud Eight, very good beginner tip. Uh, the platinum rule from Todd Brunson is always go for the low, and then if you go for the low and you back into the high, then you could pump it. Um, so going for the low, people usually go for the high when they play stud because they don't understand the strategy of the game. So if you're always going for the low, and you get back into a high, you can scoop, and you can whipsaw people too because you know you got one guy there who knows he has the high, and you know you have the low, and the third unsuspecting person is sitting there just you're taking a half a bet from him every time you raise. So uh, my, my biggest tip is always to go for the low, always, um, unless you have something rolled up or something like that. Uh, Deuces have a single draw. Uh, I think uh, Faso likes to, if he's got a queen made, he'll jam it because you only get one draw at it. Um, but if you have something like an eight or a nine, uh, you're you're sitting pretty with a single draw. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's about all I got. I mean, those are the three games he really, or four games that he, three games that he asked about, but I don't know what else you got. No, I think uh, your advice was a lot like what I told him. One, you know, in the games you know how to play, you know, push every edge that you have. Um, and then the games you don't, uh, like you said, just, uh, you know, pretty much you can sit out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I think it's, it, you, you had even better advice, I think. You know, pick, pick a, a very strict starting hand requirement for yourself for each of those games and stick to it in those. And if you have those hands, go ahead and play. If not, 
pass it up and and you're right you're probably not going to have to play too many of these i mean i don't know how they're going to do it if they do it one round and then switch if that's the case then you know you've got at most 10 hands depending or actually less probably because of these some of the games you can only have eight in your hand so you're only gonna get like eight hands of it and um and some are some have blinds some have annies so you're not gonna lose a lot of money by essentially quote-unquote fake sitting out right yeah uh, and then play play really hard on the ones you do um but you know he's got till november too so it's a good you get a lot of time to actually learn these games i mean you could come fairly decent at most of these in four months pretty easily i think yeah you can uh, play for free on a lot of these sites where you can learn the games just for free just to see the the, the way they 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 run the way they bet where people act and stuff and get really good at the the specifics of the game that way too. I don't know if the free games actually will get a five card stud. Obviously, I don't think that's even going to happen. But you know, you could practice with your friends or whatever. But. Well, again, yeah, you could sit at home. I mean, what I'm going to do with these Reno games, I'm going to sit at home and just deal out hands myself. You know, yeah, yeah. Think about the strength, and you know, if you deal out all the cards face up to all the players, you'll you'll start to get a sense of what the cards like are dealt and how strong people start with. And you get you'll be able to figure out better what you can do with that, even you know just playing by yourself at home. So, um, you know, I, I think the advice we're giving is great for if somebody called you up and said, "Hey, in two weeks we're playing." Well, we got four months now. I think uh, no one at this game is going to be an expert at all these games, right? So, four months now to to really get to know these games well, and you're going there right now. You think you're the fish. You you know you commit yourself for these next couple months. You can go in this game being, um, you know, the, the superstar at them and, and really be pushed some edges and take advantage of other people's mistakes. Because here's the thing with these two, I think people are, are, are going to be very loose. People are going to be interested in playing these games and they're going to play too many hands. So, um, you know, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to take advantage of other people's mistakes, you know, if you put the time into to feel comfortable with the games. So. Yeah, I, I do specifically recall a home game at your house where we decided to introduce Deuce to Seven to the game, and we had prepared for it. Like, we did a show on it or something the week before or whatever it was, and you and I had really sort of done our homework on the game, uh, read what the really good starting hands were, read what to do in any situation when you have position, that kind of thing, and it worked for us. I think you and I, like, did the best that day in that game when we did call it because we had done our homework. So I think that's exactly what you should do now is really stick to what the pros suggest you do in these games. If you can find somebody who writes a chapter on it in a book, or, you know, if you can uh, find something online, there's a ton of stuff online about these games too. Um, and just stick to that strategy. Cause you, like Scott said, you're going to have a bunch of people who are going to want to just say, Oh, this is great. I never played this before. And they're going to want to play every hand. And those are the people you're going to target when you're playing your quality starting hands and then take advantage of them. So that's one thing. Also, when you're playing Hold'em, uh, be really loose. But when you're playing Texas Hold'em, be really tight. Because those are the two games that he listed on there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> one oh, of them's got to be. One of them must be Pot Limit on Hold'em or something. That must be oh, what he... Hold'em, you know. I, I don't know. Hold'em, yeah. Uh, you didn't see what Omaha 8 is, whether that's limited or not. They probably, I mean, the Raz and Seven Card stuff, all those are li- limited games too. Yeah. So probably. Limit ones, no limits. What I would imagine. So but. limit hold them, and then no limit. Probably, yeah. So yeah, but like I said, the the stud you got to pair or go with it. You know, when you're a five card stud, that's that's a huge hand in five card stud. Um, and it and depends on how you deal it too. True, and you mentioned books too, and it just reminded me because I'm looking at my bookshelf. Um, there's this massive book from Ken Lowe, L O is his last name. Uh, Poker Player's Guide to Mixed Games. It's massive. It's probably the thickest book on my bookshelf. Yeah. It covers a lot of them. I don't know how if it goes into all these, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's been a while since I opened it, but um, and you might want to check that out. I don't know how much it is, 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever it is. It's probably going to be a, a good investment for you. Yeah, that's on my shelf, too. I have the same book. Holy cow. All right. Find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game, and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been? Email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com. We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo Director of Poker, Elliot Schechter, tell you how he would have ruled. This week's prize is a 30-minute telephone lesson and workbook from Thomas Gallagher Casino Seminars, specializing in poker odds and math at poker911.net. comes from Troy Anderson. He says, in a $20 self-dealt home tournament, two players were all in after the flop. The player who was dealing burned, and instead of dealing out one card for the turn, dealt another flop. 
No one at that table was able to identify what order the three cards came off the stub. None of the three cards changed the outcome of the hand, meaning the player who was behind on the flop did not improve regardless of which card was the turn, burn, or fl- and, uh, turn, burn, and flop. <clears throat> what the players at the table did was shuffle all three cards back into the deck and then deal a new turn in river. Was this correct? Well, it says, well, you don't see that every day. <laughs> I hope everybody had a good chuckle. The solution your group came up with was quite logical, very simple, and would have been my ruling had there been betting to follow. It would have occurred to me, however, to use the four-card flop rule in the situation as there was no more betting to be done. When a four-card flop is dealt, the dealer scrambles the four cards face down and the supervisor randomly removes one that becomes the second burn. The remaining cards become the flop for, for that hand. In your case, there were three cards dealt out, two of which were to be the turn in the river, and one was to be the burn between the turn and the river. So for your situation, scramble the three cards face down and drag one away to be the burn card. Whoever chooses the, chooses the burn card should not be watching the scramble at all. Using this method, one of the two cards that was supposed to be used to complete the board will definitely be used, and the other one has a 50% chance of being used. One third of the time, the turn in the river will be the two cards that would have come out had an error not been made. Besides, shuffling three cards is a whole lot easier than shuffling the entire stub, and there will be times that the stub is mixed in with the muck. Scrambling the mistaken flop guarantees that only live, unused cards are being used to complete the board. Finally, only using three cards in the mistaken flop and not using the whole stub will definitely prevent the same error from immediately occurring yet again. Interesting how a lot of his answers come back to that destiny stuff where they, you know. <laughs> well, we, again, it's not destiny. It is you know, trying to put the right cards. Out. I know, but why are they the right ones? They're, it doesn't matter. It's still random. It, well, again, it doesn't matter about the destiny. It's, you know, <laughs> hey, if there's an opportunity, if there's an opportunity to put the cards that we're, we're supposed to be out there, you may even say destined to be out there. <laughs> out there, I, that is the preference, I think, that should happen. But if it's not possible to do that, people need to uh, calm the down. <laughs> How do you spell that? Just accept the, the cards are random. But. Okay. If if you're gonna use that for like our where to our play page in the back of the magazine, how do you spell that? Mm. I don't know how you spell that. <laughs> Calm the uh, down. How do you? What are you gonna do? I don't even know what you. Hopefully you're not gonna use that in the page because I don't know. How I'm we're gonna spelling spell. it using my fingers right now. You probably can't. <laughs> hey, we got a new O'Malley's move. Here it comes. O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week, and for the next several weeks, we'll be playing $2-$3 No Limit Hold'em at Harvey's Casino in Lake Tahoe. This is a decently soft seat. Thanks, Vic G, for the heads up on that one. There are a lot of tourists and not a ton of solid players. We're in the small blind and post the $2, the big blind posts, Under the gun calls, we get three other callers and look down in the small blind with 275 at the ace of spades, eight of spades. We are down $25 and have been playing for about four hours. There's no real urgency going on here, but I don't want to raise and play this trap hand out of position. We put in the dollar and the big blind checks. The table has been pretty timid pre-flop. There's about $15 in the pot after the rake, and the flop is the eight of clubs, four of diamonds, tray of clubs. This is a decent flop for our hand. I think if anyone had an overpair, they would have raised pre-flop. We lead out for $10 into the $15 pot. The big blind folds, but the under the gun makes it $30 to go. This player is loose and switches between aggressive and passive. He's been getting hit in the head with the deck recently plays any two cards, and loves trapping. He started the hand with $400. It's folded around to us, and we make a raise. We bump it to $100, leaving us about $175 behind. The under the gun casually announces all in. So, it's $175 to us. What's the move? All right, start with advancedpokertraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antietmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Adam Burgoyne is back in the house, 
And uh, he said, um, uh, I've been, I was an avid poker player for a long time. I played in a weekly home game and monthly-ish at Mohegan Sun for a few years. I started out playing poker for enjoyment, but began taking it too seriously and stopped having fun. It got to be a chore. Uh, because of this, I took a break from all things poker for about seven months to refine my joy of the game. Somehow, don't ask me how, I found this at, at Crabs and Blackjack. <laughs> now that that background is out of the way, I'm happy to say I'm catching up on old episodes of the show. And tonight I went back to my old home game. This is a friendly quarter 50 cent uh, home game setting. Uh, we are there as much for company as we are for poker. Everyone starts with $20, and we are about halfway through the night when this hand happens. We're eight-handed. Um, a middle position player calls, a fold to the cutoff of calls, and then I look down at the Queen of Hearts, Queen of Clubs. Is there anything more fun than shoving? He likes to have fun, right? <laughs> it's only $20. Shove! Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the standard raise is here, so uh, uh, let's see. You said uh, one guy two callers. I don't know. Make it like uh, three bucks, something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess this is my trouble with playing these these really tiny games. And I, I get why people want to play them. And, and, he, and he said they're there for the company more than poker. That's great. Yada, yada, yada. But um, it, it's hard to do the, the typical raises. I mean, even in like one, two, no limit, we don't do a typical raise, right? You know, like I, we would normally suggest you open for 10 in that, which is 5x, right, in right. a tournament. We're talking two and a half x. So when you get down to twenty five cent, fifty cent, you know, again, I guess you just got to figure out how the game goes, you know, because with queens, you you want to narrow the field, uh, but you want to get value out of them. So whatever kind of raise has been doing that throughout the night is what is appropriate. It's impossible for us to say here, right? So um, although he does go on to say the standard raise in this game is four blinds, so that would be the two. So. Um, I, I guess that that helps. So two, and we we have another limper. So two fifty three. Um, I guess is probably proper. But but I had trouble not betting like five bucks here. I don't know why. I just you know it just seems weird to. It's just to weird though. If you had twenty dollars and you bet five, that's twenty five percent of your stack for a reason. I know. Raise, I know. Right? I'm saying. It's weird. I'm not advocating that's correct. I just I, I it would be very difficult for me to bet two fifty here with queens. And I don't know his position. It looks like it's pretty late position. He's not in the blinds. I know he didn't say, but. He's definitely not in the blind, so yeah. Um, and the cutoff also call. Oh, there's two callers. I'm sorry, two callers. So yeah, so three hours would probably be what it would be. Um, um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to get heads up here, so I wouldn't mind at least three. Three is probably proper. Four in between three and five, I think, is proper here. Okay. Yeah, that's what I what I say. Three. So I would say three to four. Okay, he says accounting for the limpers. I raised to three fifty, um, and uh, the two blinds fold, but the two limpers call. And so the flop is the ace of spades, queen of spades, ten of diamonds, and it checks to us. Uh well, very, uh, very wet board here. I mean, it's two spades, three Broadway, oh, one over to our set. Um, Gotta like the set. Um, somebody could call that raise with King Jack, I guess. Uh, but you'd be called a rookie by Dan Negreanu. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think that that's. Uh, I think that's a huge flop for us. I, I'm not going to just automatically because it's hand of the week worry about Broadway. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bet. Um, let's see. So you said it was eleven in the pot, so eleven and a quarter in the pot. Eleven and a quarter. So I don't know. Um, seven bucks, maybe seven, something like that. Half the pot is what five fifty, so five sixty. So yeah, I don't know. Seven bucks, maybe, maybe a little more than half the pot. I think like seven to eight bucks is probably about right. Yeah. You know, I want to bet hard here. I mean, we hit our set. Um, right, we're we're behind one hand right now, but we're behind. There's a lot of draws out yeah, there, so it could yeah. be not the favorite anymore. So not checking. I'll get my money in good now and and see if somebody wants to play back at me. But uh, I'm certainly not going to give a free card here, and I'm going to make people pay to to outdraw me. And you know we still have outs too if we're if we're facing Broadway. So yeah. Um, all right, our hero says uh, checks to me. I want value, uh, but the board's very wet, and I want to price draws out. Not to mention it's very possible I'm beat already. About very possible, but definitely possible. 
Uh, I bet eight dollars uh, with the hopes of a quick takedown. Um, the middle position player calls and the cutoff holds. So we're heads up to the turn with twenty-seven twenty-five in the pot. And the turn is the six of hearts. So our board now is ace of spades, queen of spades, ten of diamonds, six of hearts, and our opponent checks to us. Okay, well I'm not gonna. That did nothing, so I'm not gonna. I'm, nothing's changed for me, so I'm probably just gonna shove. I don't know how much I have. Do we know how much you started the channel with? Everyone starts with twenty. You said so. That, I guess it's. Yeah, I, we don't, I don't know if we have twenty, but I I would assume yeah. that if we have a round twenty when we started this hand, and we've already bet no, eleven fifty, only have nine left. Three, it's a third of the pot, and we, nothing's well, changed. Clearly, for us, the pot so. is bigger than what we have. I would imagine bigger than anybody we have right now. Bigger than anybody has right now. I think. Or, you know, I yeah. think we all put. 11 bucks in, our opponent put 11 bucks in, so unless yeah, somebody's doubled up already, I mean... I'm shoving with one street to go, or even if I'm behind, I've got 11, 10, 10 outs or so, so uh, I'm shoving. Yeah, I would say, even if you've done well this game, the pot, whatever you have in front of you now is a pot size bet, so, I mean, this is time to get it in, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's the only bet for me, I think, so... Alright, uh, let's see. Uh, here it says, it's checked to me and I'm in the same predicament. The only thing I have going for me is he took a long time to make the call, which tells me he's drawing. Mm, no. He's I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I'm sorry, but <laughs> a long time to make a call doesn't mean to draw. In most cases, draws are called instantly, especially if it's a reasonable bet you've made. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but there's, no, no, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Um, but okay, go ahead. All right, anyhow, our hero says, I bet $16, and he insta-calls. So now he's on draw. He now, he's on draw. now he's drawing. <laughs> uh, our hero says, huh? At this point, I'm, I'm convinced I'm beat, uh, but this story makes sense. Aces and kings would re-raise pre-flop and likely went limp. Two pair, maybe. They limp. Call pre-flop with king jack. The river is the deuce of spades. Uh, so our final board now is uh, ace of spades, queen of spades, ten of diamonds, six of hearts, Deuce of spades, so the flush got there, if that's the way it was on. The villain stares us down for a bit before checking, and now it's on us. Yeah, I'll check behind. This is a pretty big pot. I know we've got a set, but we don't have the nuts, and now we've gotten, like, way behind the nuts because, you know, Broadway was already there, a possibility, and now flush has got there. He could have some sort of hand where you keep taking control and betting that he might want you to bet when he's made his flush, thinking that, you're happy with your Broadway or something. You know, he have no idea what he's thinking. So there's no reason to open the betting up again if you just how did just how it got rivered somehow. I don't know. Um, but I would I would definitely check behind. This pot's big enough, and you know, in a 25 cent, 50 cent game, and you've got uh, what we've got 16 so 32, and so we've got like a 60 dollar pot here in a 25 50 cent game. So I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think uh, we're going to get called by a uh, worse hand here, so let's just um, see what happens. Yeah. All right, um, our hero says, my thinking has to change, and there's so much on the board that I just check behind. I table my hand, and he mocks, saying, nice hand, and Adam wants to know if he lost value here. Um, I think we just uh, explained, no, probably not. It was, yeah. no, it wasn't called there, so. And if he did call or did raise there, then that, that was going to be trouble for you. So. All right, so we don't know what the guy had. Nope. All right. Yeah. No. I. I. I think he. He might have had something like. If you're looking at that flop, he might have had something like. Uh, even an ace. You know, he might have had some sort of ace and thought it was good, and just didn't believe you, um, or was looking for a chance to steal it from you. And I don't know, but it doesn't. Uh, to not know, tell I you the hand is weird. I don't want to criticize the quarter 50 cent home game crowd here, but uh, he did say they're there for as much for the company as for the poker, right? Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if this guy just had like a naked king or a naked jack and was hoping to complete a straight and for whatever reason didn't believe us. Um, you wouldn't see that very often even in a 1-2 game, but in a home game like this, you could. So yeah. Yeah. You know, he, might, he might have been on a, a, one of the draws that... We didn't think he was on and didn't get there. So, you know, obviously he didn't have spades. Uh, obviously he didn't have Broadway. Um, he maybe had, a, like you said, an naked ace. That he just didn't think it was good enough at that point. Yeah. Could have jack nine. Except queen. I mean, he could have the case queen, which is unlikely with something else. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it, there There are quite a few hands in there that, you know, if if, it, if the guys, and that's the other thing too, is we don't know what these stacks are. We don't know. I'm, he started with twenty, but maybe the guy had like, obviously, he had 
a minimum of twenty dollars, or let's see, eleven and yeah, twenty-seven, thirty, almost thirty dollars in his hand already. So to be calling sixteen rather easily without even shoving, insta calling too. Maybe he is drawing. Maybe he's got like you know nine. I don't know, a Jack Nine or something. I don't know. It just interesting, very interesting. Maybe he has two pair, and he said didn't want to show it when you showed your. Maybe you showed your hand first or what? I don't know what the deal is. Um, let's see. Yeah. So we tabled our hand, and then he mucked. You said so. You know, it could be anything, but it, it sounds like it's some some sort of ace. I don't know if to draw it. Maybe he didn't believe us. I don't know. Um, but maybe it was two pair. Maybe it was something like ace ten. You know, the Casenza. Yeah. You know, or queen ten probably. Yeah, or queen ten. ten likely to fold there because yeah. then you maybe you don't have an ace so but uh yeah no. not easy anyhow he went on to say that uh he says it's great to be back uh loving the game and hearing your voices again for the record after buying in for a total of 40 i walked out with 30 dollar profit of the night happy i took the break from the game and would recommend the same to anyone finding themselves in a poker induced funk i gotta tell you some of the best times i had playing poker or when we play or played the smaller stakes at like when we first started playing at Gambit's house, it was yep. like a twenty five cent fifty cent game the whole night. Like that was the most it would be, and I know it's it's tough because you, you're thinking the opponents aren't taking it seriously enough, and so you're going to lose money because it's hard to play against guys who are only willing to risk twenty dollars a night or fifty dollars or whatever forty. We used to buy in for like forty, you know, skittles to make you feel better, but. Um, <laughs> Really, the, some of the best times, they're just most relaxed. And I, I always play better when I'm relaxed. You know, when I'm playing, I mean, I, I had a couple of home games at the house here where I made it 3-6 instead of the 2-4 that we do. And it seemed like a couple people were out of their element. Not out of their element, but a little out of comfort zone uh, in that game. And I kind of took advantage of that, too. Because, I, I mean, I'll play anything from 5-10 to 25-cent, 50-cent. You know, I don't care. Um, but it's just it's such a more relaxing atmosphere, and it makes the game more fun. When you're relaxed and having fun and joking around, you're like, ah, you rivered me for three dollars. Ah, you know, okay, whatever, I could take that. But you rivered me for my whole stack for three hundred. I'm not having fun anymore, you know. So right. I, I I applaud Adam doing that, taking the break and then recognizing that he needed the break and finding other interests and then going back to a game like this and having fun. That's 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 cool. I mean, that's what it's about. And then you know, don't let it get too serious on you again. Don't repeat the the you know the process. Just Make it always fun. Keep it happy. Yeah. fun, you know? Very cool. Hey, I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We will see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com. Or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.